You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys. You, no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host this evening. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Hi. <laughs> what, what was up with the snap, man? We're snapping things in here now? Yep. I was drinking. And... Uh, well, when you drink, you gotta take a snap. And that's Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good, man. <laughs> we should do that after. I don't know which time I'm in right now. Man, you're, you're, in, you're in Snappyville. So here we are, guys. First Terry Gilliam film. Not Is this our, our first Terry Gilliam film? Yeah. Not our first Brad Pitt movie. Not our first Bruce Willis movie. No, it seems like we, we do a Bruce Willis podcast. First Madeline um, Stowe film. <laughs> what? No, come on. She was fucking awesome in the 90s. Let's say, let's name some other movies, Brian. What? Last of the Mohicans. I haven't seen it. Oh, what the fuck? Are you serious? I joined this podcast to watch movies. All right, okay. Last of the Mohicans. Really? Yeah. Michael Mann? I've seen him. Yeah, the guy who directed Heat. It's like his second best movie. Oh, wow. Next yeah. to Heat? Yeah, right after Heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I highly recommend it. She's in that. She was uh, she was in a bunch of like really big stuff in the in the 90s. Unlawful Entry with Kurt Russell and uh, right. Ray Liotta. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, now, this movie, uh, 12 Monkeys, I'd like to think it's a movie about Monkeys. Fate. fate but... Unlike Terminator, which there's no fate but what you make, seems like this movie is like you, you're pretty fucked. Yeah, it's gonna happen no matter what. Like, um, it's kind of like we're kind of like Terminator Three. We're, we're in the endless loop here, and uh, there's there's really no hope. Well, they, I mean, they they constantly tell like when Bruce Willis is going on his mission to to get the virus, they they're constantly telling him like you. You can't save all the five billion five billion people that this virus kills. We can only save the people in, in I guess, whatever future time they they don't tell you what time. It's about thirty the years in the is. past. What? <laughs> what? It's not thirty years in the past. It's gonna be thirty years in the future. I'm sorry, well, thirty yeah. years in the future. What's well, in the future to the movie, but in the past? To it's, us. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
He, yeah. Boy, it still wouldn't be the past us. No, I'm sorry, I, I said it wrong. It, it, it's, okay. it's, 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 it's 30 years. It's 30 years-ish. It's only 20 years, but It's 30 years-ish into the future from when the time that he sees himself get shot. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. With his age and also his friends like, uh, 10 minutes, 30 years, what's what's the difference? When he comes up to him at the end after he makes the... The voicemail that breaks the movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like the World War One scene. Oh, that's badass. Oh no, and the badass photo that, that she like pulls out, and he's all like, Ugh. like just <laughs> he's he's all hunched in the back like Gollum. <laughs> I, I like the World War One stuff. You can kind of tell it's it's stage work. Yeah, yeah. It, they're working in a really small stage space. Yeah. Hey man. But, yeah. Do what you can. It, 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 I mean, it works for a flashback. It looks like delicatessen. But there's moments, like, even the airport, you can kind of feel like, ooh, you guys didn't have a very big airport set. You guys had, you like, know- a tunnel and a checkout <laughs> area. Well, that like was a, a bit, what were you talking about? At the end, where they where the big, where the battle happened, where the, you know, the, the gunplay happens? That's a big yeah, open room. Shooting, well, they're shooting <laughs> slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of that you can tell they're shooting in a warehouse, and they just, man, guys, this viewing in HD, fucking terrible CGI. Man, yeah, and there's a lot of really like grainy, noisy, shitty looking shots. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, like that airport, like the fucking roof. Oh uh, yeah, that's not real. <laughs> it's like real life, and then all of a sudden, like spray painted. Cartoon? Yeah, Xbox video game. This is like top. 1995, though. So I mean, like, let's think. Let's, what, what was the biggest movie of '95? Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, but some of the effect stuff is pretty good in it, though. You know, it's just there's these moments that, like when uh, when he hears Bruce Willis's character hears a. Uh, Blueberry Hill on the radio. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. The fucking yeah. composite shot of the when, window. When, when that he looks lo- terrible. When he lo- uh, hold on a second. You talking about when he like looks up to the ceiling and you can see the the whole building changes and it's all. No, no, no. no when he's, that's uh, a great one. When he's in the car at night and he's riding with Madeline Stowe's character. I forget where they're going. I think they're going to Pennsylvania. Okay. It's when he kidnaps her. Right. And the song comes on the radio. Right. And that the whole everything in the car is just shitty green screen composites. And it's it's just garbage. It's just, like you can see like lines dancing around Madeline Stowe's face, Bruce Willis's head, out the window, and there's another scene like when Madeline Stowe's giving a lecture. It's just some slideshow behind her. I mean, I can't imagine like they're from books, right? I mean, right. it's not like we're creating a CGI world or anything back there. <laughs> but that shit is green screen, and her face is like dancing. The really? edge of her face. It, well, they it was had driving to, me crazy. You know, they had to, like, digitize the film into SD. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, you know, but actually, I... there are, I know what he's talking about. There are a couple of shots that look like it. It's weird because oh, I didn't so catch bad. all that because I, I was watching, you know, streaming on, on Amazon. So uh, maybe it wasn't as high res or whatever. But, uh, I don't know. I watched it streaming on Vudu. Yeah, man. Dude. Yeah. I'll show you. We'll have to look at that presentation. Man, I had seen it before. But it was so long ago, like I don't, I could, I didn't remember anything that was going to happen, right? And I was completely getting it mixed up with, um, I think I was mixing some of the Fifth Element into it. I can see that. Well, I knew that it was uh, Terry Gilliam, Crazy Brad Pitt, and Bruce Willis dies at the end. I knew that going in. Bruce Willis dies. Well, he dies at the beginning, and then d- <laughs> dies at the end, and then it kind of goes into a loop, and he dies at the beginning, and then the end. 
You could just keep watching this movie over and over again. What, wait, uh, as, as, you, you don't like that? Song no, that I like that. No, I'm just saying. Movie. It's just like it's just like there's no hope. <laughs> well, there is hope because I mean, the last shot you get the the scientist sitting next yeah. to yeah, the, yeah. The I mean, yeah, she's, she's trying again. Yeah. yeah, she's trying another way. I get it. Yeah. Good so, like, her. you know, his uh, his mission was completed. Yeah, I mean, hell, it's he, just Bruce Willis. You know, he, he just he doesn't got, get to enjoy shot. his pardon. Yeah. He, he got a fucking pardon if he would have just like you know. Well, I, you know, the only thing that's kind of really bothered me about the end is, like, where, where the fuck were they going to go anyway? They're going to the fucking Florida Keys. Like, who cares? The virus is going to get let out in that airport where you're leaving, and they, right. they, they should know that. Because he, in the movie, like, repeats, like, all the locations that the virus is released at. Right. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run to? Man, it's How, those You problems. can't outrun a virus. <laughs> How long does it take this virus to uh, attack? Because a uh, scary guy from uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. <laughs> with the oh, bright the, orange the hair. Pimp? No, 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 no. The guy who's releasing the virus. Oh, he's the bad that guy. guy. Oh my gosh, there's two people from Long Kiss Goodnight. The guy, the guy that comes in with the pimp that has the funny line. <laughs> Yo, <are> you, <laughs> that was so fucking awesome. Yeah. He's, he's the hitman, that, the one-eyed uh, hitman from Long oh, Kiss Goodnight. Right. You're right. That's that what is I thought him. you were talking about. No, no, yeah, that, yeah, him too. Uh, and there's some really bad composites in that movie too. Uh, say, <laughs> what, what, what year was that? Uh, what was that? That was uh, what was ninety six, ninety seven. Okay, I'm sorry. It was, it was a year after this. Okay, so um, <laughs> no, the the guy, the bad guy from that, which what's his name? He's he's in all kinds of movies, and I see him David in roles Morse. like David Morse. Yeah, he's got terrible hair in this one. It's like it's like bright orange. Yeah, it's like. Uh, <laughs> It's it's like Bruce Willis's hair in fucking uh, in um, Fifth Element. Um, that is a thing of Terry Gilliam's movies. Like somebody usually has some crazy hair. Yeah, some kind of crazy hair. But so, anyways, he he pulls the the vials out and he like opens one up and holds it under the baggage. So he's he killing himself. How long how long does yeah. it take to like you know to die? Is he gonna be able to get around to all the places? I, yeah, I mean he has to, right? Wow, because I mean he's already done it, he, and he's happy about it. He's like, fuck it, I'm dead. <laughs> He has a purpose. Well, I yeah. I do kind of like it though because he at the beginning of that scene when the the security guy's like, all right, let me see those. Like, you got to take him out. He's very hesitant. He's like, oh really? All right, fuck it. And then like once he's like, oh, it's good. And he he keeps going at that point where he's like, well, no, look, let let's see. You know, like you look, you can't even can't even smell. He gets this little <laughs> smile on his face when he starts to open, and he's like, all right, I'm doing this for real. You know what I mean? You kind of yeah. like see him make the decision right there on his face. I like that. I thought that was that was well done. Good moment. Yeah, it's good. Oh, this is the, uh, we didn't even mention, Apocalyptic October. Or no, not Apocalyptic August. Don't, October. don't, don't get us to October yet. <laughs> One of my favorite months, but I'm not ready for it yet. Mine too. I know. Mm. I love the fall. I love October. I love Halloween. Yeah, man. We need to make our trip to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, they got an us uh, maze. Oh, dude. Jordan Peele's us. I'd like to see that. I've got a big pair of scissors I can take with us. <laughs> <laughs> just show up in orange jumpsuits. I'll send you a picture of them later. They're perfect. Just like they came straight out of that movie. Uh, I wonder how many families are going to do that as Halloween costumes this year. I'll be like, kids don't run with the scissors. I bet a lot. Yeah, just do like the tethered family. They'll probably be so, you know, you probably buy them. Oh, what's the fun in that? You got to make it, man. Come on. You got you to gotta piecemeal that shit together proper. You, you, you and your kids make all your own Halloween stuff. You Fuck don't. No. You, you don't go buy the the plastic. No. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, it, it depends. You know, like sometimes 
like usually in a Halloween store you can only buy the mask or like one piece. Mm-hmm. Then you gotta you gotta fill the rest out yourself. Uh, one, there's a classic movie called Casper, and uh, when <laughs> uh, Bill Pullman's trying to tell uh, what's her name, Christina Ricci, uh, yes. yeah, she she wants to uh, like uh, g- like talking about Halloween costume, and he's like he's like we'll just wrap you in aluminum foil and you can go as a leftover. I love that. For some reason, it stuck with me. So every time somebody talks about a Halloween costume. Oh, man. That is a really bad dad joke. That's a really bad dad joke. I used to have a celebrity crush on Christina Ricci. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Adam's family, man. Mm. Came out at the right time. I was a young man. Yeah. Yeah. She was super cute and goth. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw her in an episode of uh, Grey's Anatomy, and it was amazing. Grey's Anatomy. What, what, it's a TV series. Is it's that about do- doctors that's and shit. That's the doctor one? Okay. Yeah, but uh, I'm trying to play she, she, she had like a kind of a couple-episode arc about this guy who had a bomb stuck in his chest, and, and, and she was like what? a paramedic, and instead of like letting him bleed out, she jams her hand into his body. And so they bring in this bomb squad, and they have to like remove, and it's it's fucking insane. And they go that to ridiculous. They, they, they go to a place that you wouldn't expect. Uh, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody because it was seriously probably one of the best arc of the season. They just chop her hand off and go, "All right, there, bud." No, but the whole time I'm just looking at her, and she's so fucking cute, man. Like just her big beautiful eyes, and she's just so damn cute. Uh, let's see here. So when were, when did you first see this? Uh, I, I saw it. Uh, I don't know. Whenever it came. On satellite, it was one of the, it was satellite. The, it was the first movie I ever remember renting off of a satellite. You know, like oh really? Doing, doing like the oh, like on demand. Yeah, they had on demand, and well, like I guess when was that? Oh, it was nineteen ninety six. You did it then. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. It was Prime Star. I remember pay per view. I wanted to see this in the theater. I was really excited uh, to see this movie. You know, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Brad Pitt. Right after Seven. Mm-hmm. You know, man could do no wrong. I was like, all right. This is gonna be awesome. Science fiction. This is gonna be great. My parents went to go see it, and they didn't. They didn't fucking take me. They got stuck with a babysitter. That's some bullshit. <laughs> do you hold it? Do you ever like bring that up at like dinners, like at Christmas? You're like, you guys, remember that time you went and saw Twelve Monkeys Without Me? I haven't forgotten. No, I think the one that scarred <laughs> me the most was uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, because I was like, well, well, I, I don't know if you made, needed to go see that one. I, yeah, I was only ten. Yeah, I, Brian, but I, was, I was like, come on, no, it's Dracula. Right, there's like sexy vampire bitches. I mean, <laughs> so we didn't know that. I was just like, it's Dracula. Come on, every kid can go see a Dracula movie. What year did that come out? Uh, it was 92. Okay. I think so, in 92. Oh, see, I was, I was about like 13 or 14, and we had to sneak in to see it. I was seven. Our friend's mom went and ate, she bought us tickets to see Dracula, and then the guy that was like selling the tickets was like are you not going in with them and she said no i'm just gonna let them go and he's like no (laughs) so she bought us tickets to another movie and then we snuck into dracula as you should have and i'll never forget man come on man yeah man fucking cock block a movie come on i'll never forget that happened in the theater and the guy i'm like i was totally enwrapped in the movie i thought it was amazing but the guy in front of me hated it and he was like this ain't nothing like bella lugosi's dracula <laughs> you damn straight it ain't. <laughs> I'm awake, bitch. What, what, what are you doing out of bed, old man? <laughs> I do. I remember my friend Vince going. Uh, yeah, it's much more like the book. Oh, nice. Okay, it's even better. Look at that. Yeah, making Vince, it intellectual. You Vince see that man up there? You see Gary Oldman? 
He's a badass. <laughs> You'll be following him the rest of your fucking life, so shut up. <laughs> that fine Italian right there? Her yeah. name's Monica Bellucci. Oh, my God. <laughs> you see Everybody Keanu Reeves right there? <laughs> <laughs> this is the peak of his fame, baby. <laughs> no, man. He's going to have a resurgence in about 25 years, and it's going to be amazing. Everyone will be like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking smoking crack, dude. You know, like that guy? That guy playing John Fox? fucking I always forget he's in it. Oh, I don't, man. You can't forget he's in it. He's oh. got one of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> oh. I mean, I love him in it. Like, I think he's good in it. But oh, no, man, dude. He is terrible. I just... Bro. <laughs> not terrible. No. Guys, he's the worst thing in that movie. But that doesn't mean he's terrible. That's just because you can't how good the movie is. Keanu Reeves. No, man. It's because he's like... No, he even says like he didn't... He, he, he was very nervous around Francis Ford Coppola on set. What's his line? <laughs> It's him, Whoa. the man. He's he's made it's himself vampire. young, <laughs> dude. It's every single line is like, oh, whoa, uh, I'm dude. Just, I'm Connie Reeves. I'm playing Jonathan I'm, Harker. I'm saying words. <laughs> Dracula, Transylvania. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on? Meanwhile, Anthony Hopkins is fucking losing his mind, shouting and going crazy. Connie <laughs> Reeves is just standing next to him, like, yeah, that's how normal people act. Totally. He was eating that up. <laughs> Man, he's just waiting to go do Point Break, bro. Just after Point Break. That's before Point Break. Uh, yeah, that's before Point Break. I'm, I'm pretty sure. That's the cap of, of of Keanu to me. I mean, fuck the Matrix and all that. Point I don't know. Break. Maybe Point Break was before. Maybe that was 91. Was that 91? I don't know, man. That may have been 91. I was meaning that's like a classic. the air, not the year. Okay. I'm more of a speed Keanu Reeves fan. Ooh, that one's good, too. Yeah. Keanu had some good times, hey, Benson. I, hey, I get the... Um, <laughs> I saw him in Danger. I get the... Really? Line this time. I've never seen Speed. What? What the fuck? Dude, that is the best okay, Die Hard ripoff okay, of all time. Okay, okay, We've done Die Hard, right? Yeah. So we do Die Hard 2, Speed, uh, Under Siege, and... Um, <laughs> hold on, I've got another one. Uh, what's, uh, what's what's another one? Uh, let's do Speed 2, man. Hey, oh, wait. Instead of, <laughs> instead of Under Siege, can we do the... Um, oh, come on. Instead of Under Siege? It has, siege? To, be, there has to be Die Hard on a, on a ship. And what's the other one? Die Hard in Space. What's Die Hard in Space? Uh, lockout. Jason X. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Lockout. It was lockout. Okay, cool. So that. we'll do Lockout. Well, I, I've never even seen that. I don't know what that is. Uh, Guy Pierce. Okay. John Carpenter sued him. The plot was too close to escape from New York. So, oh, okay. Yeah, he sued him. I only saw that with you, didn't I? Yeah, it was so Escape terrible. from New York? It was great. No, not Escape from New York. I was about to say, you guys were like... Lockout. We saw that in theaters. Okay. It was it was so, so greatly bad. <laughs> like the credit, the opening credit sequence is like Guy Pierce is like tied up, getting his ass kicked. Every time he gets punched, his head goes out of frame, and you see a credit. He comes back into frame with his face all bloody, blocks the credit, and gets punched again. Oh, Another that's cool. credit. <laughs> I like that. Oh, but the whole movie is so ridiculously over the top. Like the, oh, it's, it's like shoot, shoot him up or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. I like it, that. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fun movie. It's not taking itself seriously. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. really shitty CGI all over the place. Kind of like this movie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what though? It, the problem with Twelve Monkeys bad CGI is that it's in places where there shouldn't even fucking be CGI. That's just him building the world, though. He's like, I want to like grunge it up. I want to fuck it up here. It needs to be more, you know. But no, like you don't need like you don't need CGI in that car. Like there's other scenes in the movie where they're they're pulling a car, <laughs> like they're actually pulling it, and they have the cameras rigged up around it, and the actors are in the fucking car. Like why does that need? Why? why well, do maybe one... there's a reason, like some sort of thematic or symbolic reason that shot needed to look different 
Like I feel like fiction. to me, like I feel like there's mm. a lot of thought into a lot of things I'm seeing on screen that I need time to process. Yeah, I think there's a lot in terms of the uh, production design in the in the future stuff, but in the quasi steampunk. I mean, in like even down to like what's being shown angles. There's like steam. I really feel like he's there's some thought in this movie that I'm missing. What do you mean? Like what? What? I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. Well, yeah, the the plot of it's pretty straightforward, but like it it it's real <laughs> it's real sloppy and open ended and weird at the beginning. You know, like uh, like you're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, and then you know about that after twenty thirty minute mark, it, it gets its pace and we're we're rocking into the story, and it's pretty easy to follow. But but that makes sense though because he's kind of you you're, you're it's disjointed. You're supposed to feel crazy with all the crazy wide angle lenses and. And all the disoriented, you know. I do like the and, wide and, angle. Lenses. And as he's getting more uh, used to himself, the 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 film kind of like s- settles into its pace, and you know, we, it's e- easier to follow. Um, but yeah, that that wide angle shit when he goes into the uh, the sanitarium is fucking cool as shit. It totally like sets the tone. Terry Gilliam definitely fell in love with uh, fucking candid angles in this movie. Oh, dude! Like every fucking other shot, it's like oh. candid angles, canted. Canted, Dutched? Yeah, Dutched. Kevin heard canted. canted. What's canted? You've never heard of a canted angle? Are you serious? Canted? Yes, canted. Okay, canted. It's, yeah, it's not straight. It's canted. Canted? Yes. <laughs> You've never heard that before? No, that's a new word for me yeah, today. Yeah, canted or Dutched. That's, yeah, they I've mean heard the same Dutched, thing. Yeah. yeah. Word of the day. Canted. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to have to look that up later. Go knock it out yourself out. Man. I will, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled out Mother Daughter on set the other day and got some looks. <laughs> you know what a Mother Daughter shot is, uh, Benson? It's the same but tighter. Like if you're, I, I think Benson's just like <clears throat> okay. You you may have died. <laughs> if you're in a medium in shot and we're gonna head. punch into the close up, let's punch in for the Mother Daughter. It's the same but a little tighter. Is there like a joke or something in there? Well, the mother you and then the daughter is kind of the same, but a little tighter. How do you know? <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's awful presumptive. Oh, okay. I, well, I'm sorry. That's right. What, in, if, that, in, in what if that mama was yeah, I'm so, uh, I'm Beaver sorry. the Beaver's yeah, I'm, mom right. and uh, the kid was, uh, you know, tail right. end of the free I, love I sh- I 70s? And... I shouldn't presume. I shouldn't presume. I'm sorry. I take that back. Do you realize how hard it was to hold this, like, stern look just for that, like, lame-ass joke? Did anybody uh, get it? No. Yeah. But I, they but they, but they, they laugh, and then I got some, hey. I was like, <laughs> guys aren't any fun. Everybody's so uptight these days. And then I wasn't asked back. I haven't been working lately. No one's <laughs> been wondering why. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> Uh, well, this film was nominated uh, for two Oscars. Really? What, what for? Uh, Brad Pitt, Best Supporting Actor. He won the Golden Globe. He was really good in it. He's very good. He's good. He's good. A little over the top. Maybe maybe a little too much with his hands sometimes. I don't know, man. Some of the hand stuff, when his like dad tells him, he's like, he's like, you know, I used to think it wasn't that bad or whatever. You are one crazy son of a bitch or whatever he says. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, and then he kind of like bites on the on his nail, but to the front side of his nail, like real lightly, and he's just like got this vapid look. That's fucking great, man. I did notice like he does have good moments. There, there's definitely some interesting choices he makes. Like what you were talking about, like biting on the front of his nail. Yeah, giving everybody the bird. 
Oh, dude, he's just constantly. That's how he points at motherfuckers. Yeah, like, he, <laughs> he flips everybody off in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what movie? Fuck what you. year was this made? Ninety-five. Uh, yeah, Toy Story year. Although it, pre- it pretty much came out in ninety-six. It was like it came out in a couple theaters in ninety-five. They wanted to qualify it for the Oscars, which they did. But Pitt lost to uh, Kevin Spacey. Usual Suspects. I think he did better in this than he did in Usual Suspects. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? No. Really? Yeah. I think Spacey was better. <sighs> what, that verbal kit? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, this seems a little... I don't know. This, I guess it's I, too handy. Yeah, it seems a little... It seems easier. And, like, uh, how can you go too big? And, like, what's what's the line with this no, character? True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the only thing he could do that would look off is, like, to underdo it. So just make sure he's got energy. If he just clicked into regular Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, that would be very weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened to that guy? Devil shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, there's one point where he like puts his hair back in, his, in a long ponytail, and he looks just like uh, he did an interview with the vampire. Like, spot on. So this had to be around the same time oh, when period. Oh, when they're trying to give him like the uh, the same hair as uh, <clears throat> David Morris's character. Yeah. Which that's cool. Like he he does. Brad Pitt's character does come back in to Cole's dream or memory, right? That he's that he's having, where he sees himself die. And like uh, Brad Pitt, at one moment, actually, he thinks Brad Pitt is the guy he's chasing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. How he's misremembering things. There's cool things too, where like he, he sees different people uh, from the future. Like he sees the guard. From the future will constantly show up in the present. I like those where he'll, he thinks he sees somebody and he blinks and he's like, okay, they're gone. Right. What did you guys think of the Bob? What the Bob? <laughs> the over, uh, well, I, I don't know what it is, the heavenly voice that it's talking to him and keeps calling uh, Bruce Willis's uh, Cole character Bob. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Maybe I'm just in your head. Maybe I'm spying on you. It's the Al character from Quantum Leap. It's just kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> just checking in on you. <laughs> the running the numbers. Uh, you know, you're going to have to figure this out, you know. <laughs> What's the purpose of the Bob? Well, I mean, story-wise, it's kind of like, I mean, that's how Bruce Willis knows what he wants at the end. So you're saying it's kind of his conscience. It's his kind of motivating force. It's, that's his inner it's his inner dialogue. It's, it it's, it's like be. it's like the, the 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 inner truth, the thing that's kind of steering him where he kind of needs to go. Or it could be the people at this whatever the, I don't know what it, what kind of facility they have set up in the future. If it's a it's government, a, it's like a or, prison where they like you know you can for some you you do something bad. It seems like, and then you can yeah you know, quote unquote volunteer to do things. And then once you do things so far, then you can be trained to you know you can if you do certain things you can get out and get pardoned. They really go into all that, but yeah, they don't. No, not at all. It's just it, yeah, it's kind of set up like it's a nineteen eighty four society. If they if they would have went into extra detail, then it would have kind of taken it out of is this real? Is this not? Because that would put some concrete things in there. <clears throat> all that extra detail would kind of you know it would solidify things a little more because we don't you know technically we don't even know if the future or whatever is happening at all. Kinda, but the things like the photos and stuff kind of like break that as well. Like where it, it definitely happened. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's the filmmaker's intent to say this is a time traveling film. Yeah, but there, but according to the internet, there's people who are just like, no, no, he's crazy. It's all in his head. And I'm like, y'all need to like break this down a little bit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see how you could go there. I'll send you some links. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. What's I'm not the, gonna read them. Once the World War uh, One bullet shows up in his leg, it kind of, it, yeah. How do you explain that? 
somebody had a, a World War One rifle on their wall and shot him. Well, they say no. it, the bullet hadn't been shot in like several hundred years. That's why the police are like, you want to revise your statement? So, I mean, like they know that it hadn't been fired. That doesn't make any sense, though, because he pretty much popped straight out of existence. So it should be more fresh because because time hasn't changed for him. But, dude, he traveled through time, though. I know, but his body hasn't aged 100 years. So that bullet shouldn't have aged 100 years. It should be just as fresh as it was. I guess that is kind of a loophole, yeah. isn't it? Well, we don't know what goes on to with uh, with the enemy. Oh, come on, come on, man! I don't remember no, the exact come on. dialogue. Did they say? No, that's what they said. The bullet has aged, or this type of bullet it's, hasn't been fired. In they over said it hadn't been shot. Were they talking about like that type of bullet, or that bullet, or that very bullet ballistically yeah. that, has been in your leg for a hundred years? That's how they know it wasn't loaded into a gun and just shot. You know. I mean, there's all kind of weird loopholes in time movies. They always end up at some point where you're going, but wait a minute now. Yeah, like in this movie with the, with that voicemail that for some reason, uh, he, he leaves a voicemail and, you know, you think that they'd have a like a, a record of all voicemails and they'd be able to, you know, you've got 30 years to figure it out. But for some reason, they just figured it out. 10 yeah, they, minutes. they said they have to rebuild them. Okay, but like it's already all happened, so just because he left it right now doesn't mean they just got it that instant. They've had it all. Dude, along. they have been rebuilding it for thirty years, man. It took thirty minutes. It took it. It took it. In ten minutes, ten minutes after he left the voicemail, it took that long. You know, thirty years minus that. What? <laughs> Dude, when when viruses you know break out, the world goes to shit. I mean, that's it's some tough, Bill and man. Ted logic where they're like, "Okay, remember the trash can, remember the trash can," and then they have to like. I've always wanted to see the end of Bill and Ted, like another cut where they're going back and doing all the shit that they have to do. They got a whole list. Okay, do you remember to go get the keys and the, just, you got to set up the trash can, set up the keys, set up that recorder, set up all this shit. It breaks the movie. <laughs> <sighs> fucking costume design that was the other oscar i could see that for this it's definitely um lots of weird plastic in, in the future yeah condom suits the, the weird i'm not like, sure I like suit. It, but that may just be because i don't personal taste yeah oh man i super love like i love all the set design and the the future stuff and all the costume design the the uh the weird like like i said like uh, uh like i said outside it's kind of like Technology was stunted because of the end of the end of the world, basically the you know, the shit going on. So you, you know you don't have really people creating the new and then iPhone and all European that. European style takes over. Yeah, and it's kind of like okay, so we have all this technology that already exists. Now we need to meld all this together to create new the new technology because we're not coming up with new stuff because we're all just trying to fucking survive. So it's, it's like a weird like. 1996 futuristic. If we took 1996 te- not technology and created like future technology out of it you know what i mean yeah it's kind of the way alien feels it's kind of the way alien feels like you got the old computers in a a futury setting see i've never felt that way with alien well Well, alien more like you know it's more straightforward this is more like hodgepodge like you got this weird orb of fucking like camera lenses and 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 (laughs) like all these like old school tube screens like all different sizes very strange it's kind of like they're, they're scared to get close to him because he may be infected or well, yeah, dude. They yeah. sent him outside. Yeah. Like, They're like, fuck, bro. We're not getting anywhere near that dude. I mean, like, like, put him in this chair and, like, suck him up to the ceiling, you know? Like, get the fuck away. There's, these, like, all these great moments when you see him, like, putting on his suit. Like, he's just, it's like latex and latex and latex. And then he's got that weird, crazy helmet thing that he puts on. It's got these metal contraptions that are, like, fitting metal shit around his face. 
And then he's wrapped up in plastic after that. And then when he comes back, he's got to uh, draw his own blood. <laughs> and, yeah. And they put some, like, weird, I don't know what the hell, that crap, that soap shit or mud that was on him when they showed Bruce Willis's ass. In a <laughs> they show his ass a lot in this. And they showed his dick once. What? Yeah. Full oh. frontal. Yeah. I missed that. It's when he's uh, <laughs> poor Bruce. <laughs> Jared said, uh, ladies, this is where you're going to pause uh, 12 Monkeys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's only like six frames or whatever, but he, like, he like, kind of like walks across, and it's kind of somewhat in shadow, but you, you get full swingage. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> full swingage. <laughs> I don't know if I like uh, any motion blur in my penis. Let's say a, <laughs> let, I'm going to say like a quarter helicopter. <laughs> Wasn't he naked, too, in... Um... Pulp Fiction, mm. when he's getting out of the shower. Yeah, 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 he is. But but he like sits on the toilet and like you know to have the scene. You don't really see anything. Oh, he's got that little uh, towel. He's got the towel in front of him. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that only skinny people can do. Is like wrap the towel and like let it hold and like walk around like that. What? <laughs> you gotta pick a towel, Jerry. I just say you gotta get a beach towel. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, dude. I'm making some things work. <laughs> Uh, I have uh, a quilt. Uh, you wrap a quilt around you. You get out of the you get out of the shower, and they treat you like you're a fucking like, like a like a like a, a crisis victim. They wrap a blanket around you and set you down. They're like, "It's gonna be okay, Jeremy." <laughs> like you're a crisis victim. You know, they always like come up for some reason. If there's a crisis, to, you know, there's no matter somebody, what temperature it is outside. They're wrapping blankets. They got blankets laid over their shoulders. Like, like, man, it's hot out here. You know how when you have a baby, you're like, okay, I need you to boil some water and get me some towels. Okay, like, like that's think of every. I know what he's talking about. Think of every like crisis movie you've ever seen. Uh, no, it happened it. at the end of Split. I, I know, know what you guys see, are talking about. Like you can see fire and shit all around and people it's are sitting with blankets up. over their shoulders. Think of the end of Split when she's going out to the car and they wrap a blanket yes. around her. Okay, it happens in every second. So, so I'm saying when, so, so in the back of every ambulance I, I imagine that there's a pile of blankets. <laughs> that they're, just like ready. A... they're crisis blankets. Oh yeah. There's psych- <laughs> psychological uh... I, wonder, I wonder what the thought is behind that. It's like a hug or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, okay, yeah. It wraps you, you up. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. So I'm yeah, saying. Okay, I'm, I'm so that's uh, <laughs> Benson gets a crisis blanket every time he gets out of the shower. Just for the record, I just have a towel. But. <laughs> <laughs> like drop a robe on him, and he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> we do have to mention before we go uh, on break, real quick. This is uh, from the screenwriter uh, David Peoples and his uh, Blade his, Runner. That's right. His wife also co-wrote it, Janet Peoples. Which is this is kind of has a, I don't know. I don't say it has that Blade Runner runnery feel, but there's, I don't know. No, yeah, well, I can see what you're talking in, about in, in terms of look and when things you know, different. Yeah, well, right. Think, yeah, just strictly story, you can see how they could kind of come from the same mind, not visually because you know two different directors are tackling. I was going to say I could see where they're coming from more visually, looking weird, but I don't see how. I'm saying from the same thought per- person. Yeah, I guess. From the visionary mind. I mean, this this, this just feels like this has, like, actual, like, characters, and you care about the characters, and, like, Blade Runner, I don't really ever care about any of those characters. I don't watch that movie because I'm like, yeah, fucking Harrison Ford. I want to see what happens to you. Oh, man, yeah, that's a that's a shame, right? Yeah, man. Tears in the rain. (laughs) Sad moment. Anyway, um... Do we, do we, should we bring up that this is inspired by uh, a short film? A French short film? 
I mean, you're the only one that's watched it, but yeah, I think you should because it it is. Even though the director said he never saw it, he's like, <laughs> I don't watch shit like that. No, yeah, Terry Gilliam, he signed on just because you know he, he read the script and thought it, right. the script itself was good. And I guess the the movies are very loosely, you know. I guess that's why they use inspired by instead of based by. And man, I was uh, listening on the audio commentary. Terry Gilliam said that this was the first movie that ever had the inspired by credit. Really? And also maybe the very yeah. first movie that Bruce Willis dies in. No, uh, Death Becomes Her. He, Is that he, before this? Oh yeah, that was like ninety ninety two. That was before um, that was Jurassic Park. Comedies, wasn't it? He dies in it. Bruce Willis wasn't in Jurassic Park. No, Death Becomes Her was before Jurassic Park. Oh, I, I see. I, see. Yeah. I, I get your logic. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah sorry. I have to remember uh, the CGI movies in terms of before or after Jurassic Park. <laughs> ninety three, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, but I know. I know. I, I do the same thing with Toy Story ninety five. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a touchstone as well. What year was Shrek? No, that was like two thousand. Right. I that was two thousand. Just asking you. I don't know. I always separate my Bruce Willis movies pre. Die Hard, where he was doing like Moonstruck, and there's so many after that. Then post Die Hard, which is more serious. There should be three layers roles. after that. Well, wait, wait, like, a, like before Die Hard, like what do you do? Two movies? I don't know. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like there, 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 there should be like a <laughs> there should be like three layers after that because there's like a whole bunch of like the, the you know those movies, and then there's like that era where he's like doing Red and that kind of shit, and then now he's got you know the shit that he does now. Yeah, where he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, ah, give me my paycheck. Yeah. Give yeah, me my paycheck. That's post Die Hard 5. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know. I think he was doing that during <clears throat> Die Hard 5. He was just mugging well, at the camera in, like, hey, Include Die Hard 5. <laughs> put these kids through school. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, did they fucking write cue cards for that motherfucker? Like, like, he's like just he's like, off screen? He's like glancing over the left. He's like, you better give me the fucking... Money, <laughs> <laughs> dude, it is. It's terrible. There's a scene that takes place in the in the locker room in the beginning of that movie. I I just remember going watching that in the theater, just being like, everyone should be ashamed of themselves. This is fucking guy. That's he's like, filmmaker. He's like done Marlon better. Brando and Superman. He's like reading the script. He's like he's sitting there. They're framing around the script. <laughs> he's got. They're like posting shit up on the walls. Oh. Like where he when he walks over to this next mark, it's like in the next line. <laughs> It's not really like magazine cutouts. No, it's the, the fucking script. It's highlighted. Oh no! Yippee ki yay, mother mother trucker. Have they said that on the last one or whatever? No, they or, just... there was one of them. They did that in the theater. It's a mother trucker. Wait, no, they never did mother. There trucker. was a one that was one. It was it was not uh, R in the theater. No, they, there was a, it was a gunshot. Oh, they covered it. Yeah, yeah they covered it. Yeah, they didn't say much. They, they didn't go that bad. <laughs> I think there was a TV cut. When they do that, we're just like, okay, now we're just spoofing this shit. <laughs> I think there's a TV cut where on TV they they changed it to Yippee Mother Trucker. <laughs> Die Hard 7 brought to you by Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> and it was Large Marge from fucking the Mother Trucker. <laughs> Y'all remember when they used to do that? Like, they'd have the TV cut and... Oh yeah, they'd ADR somebody like completely different oh. voice over. Oh, dude, in, in The Exorcist, your mother so sucks in hell, Marin. Oh man, I, I almost want to seek out a TV cut of The Exorcist just so I can see that. Have you never seen it? No, I've never oh, seen wow. The Exorcist on television. TBS. Actually, yeah. I think that was USA. Is that the TBS or USA? It's one of those two. Yeah, they ruin movies. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen. Yeah, I've never seen The Exorcist on television. I don't think you want to, Brian. 
Yes, I do. <laughs> I want to see that little girl sew some socks. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother sews socks in hell. No! It's terrifying. <laughs> you just, you just keep sewing. Just Why is she sewing socks? Hey, can we get some AC in here? It's really hot. Everybody, no, you're everybody, in hell. everybody in hell who like rips a hole in their sock, they gotta take them to Marin's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn me, why you make me sew the socks? And what really sucks about it is she's terrible at sewing socks. Everybody's like, she's like, she's like, like, look, 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 Mrs. Mary. I didn't, I did not want my name sewn in there. I, I thought that make it nice for you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just fix the hole. God, if, the, if hell wasn't worse enough, I can't even get my fucking oh, socks this done. Bitch sewing my socks. <laughs> oh, I think it's time for the trailer, Brian. Oh my goodness. We're, we'll come back and talk about how this movie is based on Legete. Uh, uh, until then, this is the trailer for Twelve Monkeys. Enjoy. You're a very good observer, Cole. We have a very advanced program, something very different. An opportunity to reduce your sentence considerably. And possibly play an important role in returning the human race to the surface of the Earth. No license, no prints, no warrants. What he took on five cops like he was adjusted to the eyeballs. What year is this? What year do you think it is? 1996. That's the future, James. Do you think you're living in the future? I'm simply trying to gather information to help the people in the present trace the path of the virus. We're not in the present now. This is a place for crazy people. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill, bro. I know you're <laughs> crazy as a loon. The army of the 12 monkeys, they're the ones that spread the virus. Monkeys? He's been living in a meticulously constructed fantasy world, and that world is starting to disintegrate. You haven't become addicted to that dying world? No, sir. He needs help. You think I'm crazy when people start dying next month? I don't belong here. You're here because of the system. I know some things that you don't know. Yes, my son. You sent me to the wrong year. You're certain of that? Science ain't an exact science. You had a bullet from World War One in your leg, James. How did it get there? I don't know. You're a trained psychiatrist. You know the difference between what's real and what's not. You said that I had delusions. You said you could explain. I'm trying to. I want the future to be unknown. I can help you. Get you out. The thing mutates, we live underground! They're watching you. I just want to do my part to get us back on top in charge of the planet. And we're back. That was the trailer for 12 Monkeys. With a little music by Bram Stoker's Dracula. Man, right? How many trailers, I wonder, have used you know, Dracula's score? Man, I've, I mean, heard, like, it. How I've much? heard it in trailers, movies. It's probably some kind of residual thing where the person who created it gets a... Either uh, that or just Warner Brothers owns it and they're like, throw that score in. No, that was a Columbia movie. Oh, no. And this is uh, universal, so... Have you looked up who did the voice of the Bob? No. Is it Bruce Willis? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. Wouldn't I didn't that be crazy? Up. Wouldn't that solve that? I don't think it's Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look it up though. Uh, it's 
It's probably not in the credits. It's uncredited. Something we should have done, Jared. <laughs> earlier. I I think um, IMDb says raspy voice. That's got to be him, right? Yeah. Uh, that's Harry O'Toole. Oh, that's really? Peter's, Peter's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Really? And then, <laughs> it took me a while. Ooh. Wouldn't you love to have the name Harry Tool? <laughs> Harry O'Toole. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Uh, no. I got a hairy old tool over here. What's <laughs> next to bend over? <laughs> Has anybody seen Harry O'Toole? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Rough childhood. Excuse me, I'm looking for a hairy old tool. <laughs> I'm looking for a hairy old tool. <laughs> you're just going to repeat that in different voices now? You think, you think you're going the right way? <laughs> now do it in your George Lucas voice. Okay, um... I'm looking for a uh, Harry O'Toole. That's more of a uh, Kermit the Frog, frog here. Um, it's not easy being green. <clears throat> Used to be a visionary, now I'm just a Harry O'Toole. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh. <laughs> so I'm getting this back on track, 12 Monkeys. <laughs> oh, now that we know uh, Harry <laughs> who Raspy Voice Guy is. I was just trying to see if, if if it was him, then that would be interesting, you know, the inner monologue. I can see that, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it kinda, I was reaching, Brian. Yeah. It, it, could, it could be Bruce Willis after he's, you know, been in the future a little bit longer and, and not right. been shot. <laughs> and smoked a couple of packs of cigarettes a day, you know? <laughs> Man, I had a question about the bum guy, but I can't remember what I was going to ask. The bum guy? Oh, yeah, the the homeless man yeah. in front of the Army of the Twelve Monkeys, uh, whatever their headquarters oh, yeah, is. yeah, yeah, the guy's had a head wound. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Willis first sees him, it seems like he knows He's something. got the raspy voice, yeah. And then later she sees him. But then he acts like he has no idea what you're talking about. Right. He's just like, I am literally a drunk homeless person. <laughs> Look, I'm trying like to be drunk and homeless. Leave me alone. That's true. And she was there for both of those encounters, so it's not like it was a, a vision, right? That just Bruce Willis's like, character saw. That's not something just in his head. Yeah, unless yeah, I, she's just in his head. That is the it's biggest possible. question mark in the movie for me. Is is the uh, hey? <laughs> like, what is that? What is that supposed to be? I don't. I don't know. How do we explain this? We'll have a raspy voice. Go hey. I, I like okay, it because it need goes to get into him to go here and do Orwellian this. Future. <laughs> yeah, just throw that line of dialogue in there. Well, who says it? it's like we, we we can't afford another actor? <laughs> <laughs> no rewrites. Just <laughs> say just, it. Just fucking say it. We'll put it in in post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. They do fix it in the original short film. We haven't talked about There's that. There's a disembodied voice in the original short film? No, they fixed... The they whole f- thing is a disembodied voice they, they in the fixed- original short film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the original short film, uh, what is it? Uh, Le Jeté, I think is... Uh, Your Jeté. guess is as good it, as mine. It's The Jetty is what the uh, the English title is, The Jetty. So, anyway, the movie's all black and white, Ooh. done in still pictures. Mm-hmm. There is no movement. <laughs> In any I mean, of the they pictures, they don't even like zoom in on these pictures. There, it, there's no Ken Burnsing at all. Yeah, and it, it's VO, but at the end, it, he does like complete his mission. The James Cole character in this movie, he doesn't have a name. I don't think. I think he's just Luke, the, the guy <laughs> who we're following. And anyway, he goes into the future and he sees what society has become. And With some heads and some jars, right? Anyway, he's he's the one. Uh, the future people are, are the ones that actually send him back at the end so he can go be with the woman that he loves. 
and some future spies are the ones that are actually shooting. We may not have a heart, but we knew <laughs> what we do know how to love. <laughs> Is that line in there? Because it has to be. Uh, no, there's no, there's no real lines. It's all that's like, right. There's no know, dialogue. Yeah. It's just all images and a disembodied yeah. voice and a narrator. Yeah, who happens to be one of the heads in the jars. What? I'm just, I don't know. I haven't watched it. I'm just making it up. <laughs> I, recommend, I recommend checking it out. It's, it's only 28 minutes long. Criterion put it out. It's worth a watch. Yeah. If you like, if you like this film, it's definitely worth watching. It's kind of like the companion uh, short film, like uh, The uh, Shape of Water in that other short film. Yeah, but that was... It's not Shape of Water. Yeah, it's the same thing, though. <laughs> like, a lot. Did that lawsuit get settled? Yeah, they, they, they were like, eh, you know. We, I didn't steal from you, and you didn't steal from me, and it's just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah, it's probably not this good happened. to piss off Del Toro, right? No, he's like, he's, 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 like, he's, like, he's like, I've never seen it, but it's really close. That's cool. Thank you. <laughs> That's basically how that came out. It'd be interesting to see if that guy's, like, directing his next, like, produced movie. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, just, like, just shut up. Oh, that's coming out this weekend. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Ooh, I used to read those books when I was a kid. I read them to my children. Brian. Those are some of the scariest stuff I remember from my childhood. Oh, man, those, those are great books to read because they have, like, you know, moments you can act them out and everything. Yeah. You can really actually, you know, scare the, the kids. The, 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 the drawings the, are super badass. The uh, Graveyard Song, my kids still, they'll, they'll sing it. Katie's, to this day, she'll, like, don't drive past the graveyard. I can't take the song. <laughs> That's awesome. And they're excited about the movie. I wonder I if they're going to incorporate that too. animation style somehow. I don't know. Um, maybe in some like in some of the monsters you mean? Yeah, yeah. Because it seen is a live trailer? action. No. Oh, it, it's a live action movie. It's like somebody's reading the book. They found it, and as they read it, it shit starts happening. to happen. Oh, I like that. The Harold doll looks just like the drawing, though. No, oh, that's cool. When they put that poster out and you see a clip of him in the trailer, or you may see more than a clip. It's like, well, that's pretty damn close. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm always excited about anything Del Toro does, though. Yeah, yeah, you're just shaking I, your head. I, like, no, I, no, I'm just, I'm just imagining him sitting around going, you know what I want to do next? <laughs> Remember those books? <laughs> he's talking to the guy that made that other fish movie. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm going to do these books. <laughs> How are you going to do that? Don't worry. <laughs> That's your job. You come up with <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do these books. <laughs> Everybody loves these books. It'll make a million dollars. Whatever happened to his Frankenstein? I don't know, dude. Whatever happened to his uh, at the Mountains of uh, Madness? H.P. Lovecraft? He was supposed to be doing that with Tom Cruise. I got shit-canned. I feel like all his movies get shit-canned, though. Poor guy. Not as bad as Terry Gilliam, though. Really? Yeah, this guy's had a terrible career. He is, uh, he's like bad luck. I wouldn't want to finance any of his movies that... the uh, They just actually finally released The Man Who Shot, uh, or The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. But, man, he has been trying to make that film for I don't even know how, how many decades. And he got to a point where he even cast it, and it, it's, it was starring Johnny Depp. And, I, man, I forget how many weeks they got into shooting, and all this shit happened. Their main actor died. Movie was scrapped. And then he started shooting it again. Something else happened. There's a whole documentary. Um, what is it? Lost in La Mancha, I think is the name of the documentary. Hmm. And it's just about Terry Gilliam shooting this. Wow. Really, Don Quixote movie that you know fi- finally is is getting done. I think uh, Jonathan Price and Adam Driver are in it. Of, I mean, I, 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 I have to admit, like of all the like named directors that you hear of, he's probably the one I've paid least attention to. Oh man, Brazil's so good though. I love that movie. That's what I've heard. 
I've seen it, but I don't know anything about it. It's it's like one of the I got flashes of a thing flying around, a dude flying around with some wings and Robert De Niro. Yeah, and is he wearing like a brown? It's kind of jo- like Jonathan Price hair. is the main actor. Yeah, dude flying got like longer hair. Yeah, and like I may have seen that. Yeah, it doesn't. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, it really depends like which cut of the movie you watch, whether you like it. And or And there's not. like twelve cuts, like Blade Runner. I think there's only well, there's there's three cuts, but there were two that again. Terry Gilliam has terrible luck when he was making um, Brazil. He didn't have Final Cut. So when Universal took it, they chopped like 30, 40 minutes of the movie completely out and made it a happy ending. The entire themes of the movie and everything are destroyed. And it's just it's kind of a garbage, fluffy, why'd, silly movie that didn't go anywhere. Why'd they do that? Because they thought the end is, is dark and bleak, kind of like this movie. Which is weird that Terry Gilliam... Um, decided to work with Universal again for this movie after he had such a terrible time with Brazil, but he, somehow he managed to get final cut on this film. In the in the little documentary I watched, it was not very long, but they did mention that they didn't mention anything about cutting out scenes from Brazil, but that he returned with the only would do it if he had final cut. I, I guess he did have a little clout because what did he do? Fish, Fisher King before this with Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. And that's a damn good movie. Have you guys seen that? No. Oh, man. I've Highly seen it. That. It's foggy. Like, uh, Robin Williams plays a crazy person, and he helps out Jeff Bridges, and he's homeless. And Jeff Bridges feels like, oh, damn, this guy helped me out, and he's homeless. I got to do something to, to make this right. Right. So he tries to hook him up with a girl. And it's got a, <laughs> Amanda Plummer's, uh, the girl he's trying to hook Robin Williams up with. And it's, it's a good, fun, like, feel-good movie. No, oh, that's cool. It's something you watch, you know. With anybody, any age. Well, not kids. There's a lot of cussing, some sex stuff. So, you know, there's that. It depends on the kids. <laughs> it seems like I remember like I was going through a Robin Williams comedy mode and hadn't seen it and rented it. And was like, well, this ain't funny. Yeah, dude, one hour photo. <laughs> That's a laugh. <laughs> I like that movie. It's top of my comedy, Robin Williams. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Goodwill Honey. Nah. You just broke out one hour photo. Yeah, it's one of the most, it's, it's one of the best unintentional comedies ever made. Right up there with Grizzly Man. Man, it's been, a, final it's been a while since I've seen that. Oh, fuck. I haven't seen that since the theater. Yeah. That's the one where he's like editing people's memories. Well, yeah. yeah they were like, he's like a mortician or something like that? <clears throat> it's like the, there was like a dad who had sex with one of his kids or whatever, and they're trying to, you know, cut that part out of this memory. Because it died. plays at the funeral. Yeah. Oh, so the yeah. whole thing was like you know he was he was supposed to go in there and it's been yeah I need to rewatch yeah. that it's a, it's a great concept I don't remember Black Mirror being very good though Black Mirror did it better I said great concept yeah Black Mirror did it better yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give it a rewatch you, you got to let things simmer for a couple decades sometimes um, I remember wh- going into it thinking this is like this is a really cool concept and being disappointed with the like where they went with it and you that were happens say sometimes with sci-fi. Hmm? You were gonna say I was going to say What Dreams May Come was another great uh, Robin Williams, that era. Weird little random movie. You don't like that? I hate that movie. Oh, come on, bro. I hate it. I mean, if it wasn't for the CGI, I mean... That's what I'm saying. That's what makes it cool. Yeah, that's the only thing that's worth watching that movie for. Really? Yeah. Do not like that film. Just painfully Why do you hate dull. it so much? It's just boring. <laughs> it's just so boring. There's like, there's no stakes. It's like, okay, well, you're in the afterlife. Just go get her. 
There's no there's no stakes. You can't where are you gonna go? What's gonna happen to you? You know? You're not gonna accomplish your goal. That's it. Okay. Why am I watching this movie? Yes. What is happening? I don't know. I didn't love it, but didn't hate it. Yeah. I mean it's more like if you if you're gonna do a film like that, you gotta give me like a character, like growth, relationship story, like let me see why you're going to go to the ends of the earth for the woman you love. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Because he loved her? Yeah. I need something more than that. Don't just give <laughs> me like. Brian would be like. Here's heaven. She's in hell? Oh, sorry. Well, you know what you can do in heaven? You can paint with your fingers. Ooh. You can paint okay, with all the right. colors of the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Another 1995 movie? Yeah. Ooh, Ooh. look at that. What was Pocahannes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mel Gibson. Not my favorite 1995 Mel Gibson movie, though. That would be Braveheart, bro. We gotta oh, do Braveheart. Braveheart. The six-hour podcast. <laughs> Braveheart. Really? Dude. My kids want to watch it, Dude, so we better do it soon. It's one of the movies that made me go to film school. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I start, I'm starting to think like Braveheart's a little overhyped. I'm just saying. It won Best Picture, bro. Yeah, so did Ordinary People. <laughs> Over Raging Bull. But, you know, what does that mean? Nothing, right? You know, Rocky won. You, you know, you know, Shakespeare in Love won over Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that's fucking insane. Dance of the Wolves won over Goodfellas. I haven't trusted them since. Uh, like Rocky I'm, won, I trusted them then. The Aviator didn't even win. Mm, I, what? That's great. The Aviator didn't win, or is that the one he won? No, he won for he won for the fucking remake. He won for uh, the Departed. Departed. Because they he, were like, crap, because, we should have given it We shouldn't have given it to <laughs> Fuck, we messed up. Yeah. We'll get Spielberg and that other famous guy. I forget. What, what, Spil- what? Spielberg's got, uh, he, 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 he didn't get it for the uh, Ready Player One? No. Yeah. <laughs> the day that movie gets anything outside of special effects, it's Majol like, damn it, the I knew I had it. <laughs> I mean, I, I like those movies, but I mean, you know, I understand why they're not nominated for Best Picture. I get it. I think he was like color purple. I've got it this year. I've got what? You know, there. Fine, there, I'll do Schindler's List. There was a <laughs> He's year. Like, We're gonna get this yeah. motherfucker. There, no, there was a, yeah, there was a run in that '80s where he was like, you know what, fuck Indiana Jones. I'm, I'm gonna win an Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> was Empire of the Sun was also like right around that corner. There, there was another one, I think, too. Man, that one is so good, and it like nobody ever mentioned it when they're talking about Spielberg. It's because the end. Yeah, probably the end ties up like a little too happy. And it, I remember that at the time, like everyone's like, "Oh, well, it's a, it's a Spielberg ending, you know? It's not real." You got people saying that in the eighties. You know, uh, movies aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little box, you know, that you've been watching. It's all fake. Oh my goodness! Uh, all right, so going back to Twelve Monkeys. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Title sequence, really enjoy it. Remind me of the title sequence, Brian. Gigantic circle. Of the monkeys oh, that's right. that go off into this abyss. It's kind of like pushing through the James Bond uh, barrel. Of yeah, 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 it's there a you go. Barrel of monkeys. <laughs> Holy crap! I just remembered the first night. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long way. To get I to got that there, junk. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I just now remembered the first night I watched this movie. A buddy of mine and I went and rented two movies. We rented this and one other movie. You don't remember that one. You I know what it, it is. That's, that's what, okay. I'm gonna give Goldeneye. You, I'm going to give you each one guess. I'm going to stick with Goldeneye. If you were renting a movie called 12 Monkeys, what would you rent with it? Oh, fucking Jumanji. 
Wait, wait. I don't know. How old were you? Well, he'd have to be, he would have to be renting 12 monkeys, so you're, you know. So, what, you were 17? Yeah, that's where I was. Okay, 19. Yeah, yeah, okay. And scratch your mind, you then. He aged out of that one. I like that one when I was. Come on, make a guess. Make a guess. I don't know, man. Monkey Shines. Oh! Terrible movie. What? I. Mediocre. Come on. There we go. All right, okay. Come on. Come on. Let me get you in the middle. All right. Yeah. That, that, yeah. It's no creep show. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Okay. Okay. Fair. But fair. still, R- Romero, we'll let it shine. I always liked that movie. I thought you were just gonna say Monkey Bone. God. Now that's a terrible movie. That is a terrible. Movie. <laughs> but you know what? That movie is like so painfully bad to watch. It's I don't know. It's kind of good. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Brendan Fraser when he was still kind of doing his thing before he got all bloated and weird. He got bloated and weird? Have you not seen him lately? No, I haven't. I haven't seen his ass in a long time, dude. He's he's got some show he's doing where he's kind of like a minor, you know, side, like a, you know, a supporting role. Oh, okay. And um, I saw him in an interview and he's so, like, awkward and just kind of bloated and... Got old man face? <laughs> kind of, yeah. No. But he's just so awkward and his voice is kind of high-pitched and he's like, you used to be sexy, motherfucker. You used to... <laughs> what do you mean his, vo- his voice His voice is high-pitched now? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> what is he, fucking Benjamin yeah. Button into the voice box? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that... Okay, I'm just saying that, he's, that he's awkward <laughs> and shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, he's seen some shit. Like, something bad happened to him. Really? I, had, I think so, man. One day I'm going to ask him. We'll be like, bro, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Would you see, man? What happened to all that mummy money, bro? Like, you had the perfect hair, man. What was it? Uh, what Journey, happened? Journey to the Center of the Earth in 3D. I remember him that. That was the last time I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, he looked all right then. I guess well, I guess it's been about that's over 10 years what's, now. What's, what's Bedazzled? Do you remember that one with the with Hot Chick? Right? Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was like yeah. back in 2000. Oof. Anyways... Right, Shout wanna, out to Brennan Fraser. You want to see a picture? No, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm on the. I'm on the. Fa- All let's right, see yeah. It. Let's let's see it. it. Okay, yeah. Right. Let's see it. Let's see what he looks like now. Oh, that's depressing, bro. Yeah, he looks like me. <laughs> 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 he looks like me, but like 30 years older. I totally lost. Twelve monkeys. Bring us back on board. Uh, We're floating out here in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, I just. I, this was a hard movie for me to comprehend this week. I what definitely do you mean, why? think. Well, it's like I told you when I got here. I get it. I know the story. Um, but I definitely think a, a second watch would totally, you know, seal this in. It's like I went. I went back and watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, and it was so much. I didn't even like. It, it just kind of went by. Like I, I enjoyed it so much better the second time. A lot of these movies you got to do that with, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked this one the, the first time I saw it, though. Oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I think I'd get more out of it the second time. I'd go back and see if I could really tell if it was Bruce Willis at the beginning. Yeah, I just feel like there's 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 clues to what's going on that I totally missed. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think there are. I mean, there's just a lot Especially of information Especially when I, like, when I watched the little documentary I was just talking about, and the guy ended it with... Every time I watch this movie, I get more out of it. I'm like, man, dang it. Tell me what these more out of it is so I can sound smart on this well, podcast. You know, he, he gets a kickback every time somebody watches it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I really get more, you know, like more clues out of it. Because, I mean, a complaint with the movie 
And I don't agree with it, but a lot of the movie is wasted on red herrings and things that really turn out to not matter at all to the plot. Or, you know what I mean? It doesn't... That lends to the craziness and to the, you know, to keep the audience guessing and... Yeah. And, you know, just superfluous storytelling. I mean, really, at the the end, Brad Pitt's character could be completely cut out of the movie. But it's fucking Brad Pitt. (laughs) That boy looks good, even though he is crazy. And we're, we're spending a lot of time with these characters that, really, at the end, they don't... They don't matter to his overall goal. I mean, I know that he doesn't know that, and we're the audience. We're taking a journey. Like I said, I don't really subscribe to the criticism, right? But a lot of people have pointed that out. They're just looking for shit to say, Brian. It's just it's just getting him back to the beginning. You know, it's just it's just to complete that circle. So uh, all the little things got us there, even if it was just giving us a little bit of uh, I mean, you know. Sometimes you got to enjoy the journey. Yeah, the, the crazy of just shit along about the way. what the ending is. Well, I mean, look, if they were just doing, like, Brad Pitt's character was, is he the villain? Is he not the villain? You know, if that was the only thing in the movie. He's the decoy villain. Yeah, right? If that was the only thing that was like, oh, look, that was Red Herring. Like, you guys never saw that. That's kind of a twist ending. Not really. But, yeah, look at that. But we're also having to deal with the fact that, you know, up until, I don't know, like, what, an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, whenever, whenever you get the bullet part. Of his leg, and it's whenever Madeline Stowe's character starts coming around to Where believe she's James like, Holy Cole as well. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, you were having this back and forth. Is like, is this really happening? Is it not happening? But you know, I don't know. Is that too much? Like, are we wasting so much of this movie just asking what ifs and like, is this possible? I think you're missing the whole point of it. It's it's beyond all that. It's it's a love story. Yeah, see, that's what I would say. Like, it fits it's in kind of the like story. a you know, he's he's been looking for her his whole life and. She kind of has too, you know. She's like, I feel like I've, I've known you, and he's like, "Bitch, I've been dreaming about you since I was a little kid, like every day." I love that Vertigo sequence, dude. What do you mean? When they're in the theater and they're watching Alfred Hitchcock's uh, um, Vertigo, yeah, and Cole even points out in the movie where it's like, "Hey, dumb audience, just in case you don't know, this movie is like the movie that we're that you're watching yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. It's kind of it's kind of like us, man." And they they keep bringing up this uh, Cassandra complex in the movie where, you know, you know the future, but you're powerless to change it. Right. They keep bringing that up. I guess that's kind of what Vertigo really is about. Or that's what happens in that movie where you get, he gets, Jimmy Stewart gets kind of stuck in a time loop of his own. Isn't that the movie where they do the push-pull shot kind of like what they do in uh, in Jaws? Jaws. Yeah. There's one in this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's in a hallway or whatever. Yeah. It kind of like pushes in. It's like, it's, it's real quick. It's real subtle. Uh, at least the one I saw. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's it's that gate. It's when he's all drugged up. Yeah. He's making his drug escape. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Brad Pitt gives him the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. There's some cool There's some cool camera shit in there, man. That that whole section's got really sexy camera stuff. Oh, dude. I, yeah, I love that whole breakout. Yeah. Uh, like, cause there's, there, there's that one crazy shot that you're almost looking up at the ceiling of the sanitarium, and Brad Pitt is trying to jump over this security guard. And he, like, almost clears him all the way up, and the security guard, like, stops him mid-through, and he's carrying him back. And, yeah. And he just kind of, like, goes out of the bottom of the frame, and you're just going to – you're left with the empty ceiling there for a little while. That's okay, though. Yeah, and then it, it cuts back to that uh, 
you know, I don't know. That, what is it? That canted handheld shot of canted. There's that word again. Um, okay, I'm sorry. A dutched. There you go. Let's talk where everyone can understand. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, I thought that was normal uh, film nomenclature. There, you're making Gary. me feel like an idiot. I'm going to be learning that word. Canted. Canted. It makes me think of horses cantering around. Well, it. I don't know. When I'm doing, uh, if I'm doing a shot list, I usually do a CA for a canted angle versus like a dutched. You know. Hmm. You got something against the Dutch. Well, this is, I don't know, D-A, you know. I don't know. How about you, D-U-T-C-H, Dutch? I don't want somebody to look at it and be like, oh, what, there's a district attorney in the movie? What's that character <laughs> doing over here? That's, that's, that's no, when I look at your shot, I'm like, oh, Brian sure does love California. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <sighs> so had you really never heard of it called a canted angle before? I'm sure I have at some point, but I never say that. It's always Dutch. And that same escape scene, I, I do like Brad Pitt has his chair. And even when he's, like, trying to distract the guards, he's got to tell that one guy to get out of his chair. <laughs> he's running around the room, and he's like, no, get out, get out, it's mine. It's my chair. Yeah, he played a good crazy guy. Everybody's on their phones. Uh, I think we are, uh, let me go Vincent is on his phone 12 times during the fucking thing. You never bring it up. I look up the word canted. <laughs> oh, that's what you do. I show y'all what I'm doing. I don't be all secretive. It means interesting. It means interesting? Wow, I've been using that wrong. Okay. Uh, It means having angles. A six-canted bolt head. A canted window. It means it has an angle in it, so it's not just square. If it's a shot. Oh, I get it. It's got an angle in it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. But Dutch also works. Okay. And, I, what, what, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, if you if you go buy a uh, a gimbal that will that will Dutch that'll rotate on that axis, it's called a Dutch head, bro. It's not a, called a canted head. It's called a Dutch head. Man, I didn't know this was like a contest. It is. Why is it? Why? Why? Why is there? <laughs> like, like your terminology is stupid. Yeah. You're dumb. You suck at life. Get better <laughs> definitions and use words right, motherfucker. I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> why use the English language? Use the strange cinematography speak. Yeah. So why do they call it a Dutch angle? Like, do Dutch people not know how to shoot shit straight? <laughs> it's because they drink. They're so fucked up. <laughs> it's because uh, this guy, um, he put a pie in a Dutch oven one time, and it caught fire. And when he was putting it out, he bumped the camera, and it was it was off balance. The uh, No, I'm just making that up. The okay. Dutch angle, also known as Dutch tilt, canted angle, or oblique angle, is a Also type- known as what? It's it's the second word. It's the second one in the list. Well, wait, the 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 first two were just different versions of the word Dutch. <laughs> what, you know? what I'm saying is, it's like uh, the Dutch angle, canted angle, or oblique angle is a type of camera shot which involves setting the camera at an angle on its roll axis. I'll never call it canted again, Jerry. God damn it, Brian! <laughs> we'll always call it oblique from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Nobody's gonna know what anyone is talking about. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, when the, when the, the oblique shot. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, Benson's calling for an oblique shot again. <laughs> Does he want me to oblique left? Can you want me to oblique right? Bro, oblique left or right? Uh, oblique camera left. Just can't it. Uh, That's what we should do. Like, just from now on, Dutch is that way. Canted is that way. Right. Oh, damn, guys. That's way too hard. <laughs> 
I have a trouble keeping the difference between trucking and dollying. Or panning. Because <laughs> everything's a pan. I always, I always screw up pan until, like, I mentally know it. Yeah. It's a thing that everyone does. But hey, I'll go, pan down hey, on. Can you pan over here? Can you pan up down here? <laughs> Ryan used to go, no, I can tilt down. Shut up and just... <laughs> But I also want a little bit of a pan in too there too. So can you can you like give me a both? Can I get a diagonal pan? And at the end, I want you to. Can I get don't, an oblique? I want pan? you to Dutch, Dutch camera left. Oh man, I'm sure there's a, an oblique uh, pan or dolly in a Michael Bay movie. There's got to be. Oh, there has to be. Yeah. I wonder I which one. Wonder which one he uses. If I ever, if I ever go to this a Q and A, 250 millimeter lens. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, excuse me, Mr. Bay. Super tight. <laughs> When you're writing your shot list, do you use the word canter? <laughs> Dutch or oblique? I have to solve a... Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't it be I'm awesome gonna do a bet if, he, here. if he looks at you and goes, you talking about like a tilted shot? Oh, like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, like, I quit. I just throw the mic down. <laughs> One of them crooked ones. <laughs> oh, you, you talk, you're talking about a bay? That's you're what talking about a bay? <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, gentlemen, come on. Let's uh, get to the rating here. <laughs> I think we're done with this uh, this movie. What are we doing here? I'm going to give it an eight, Brian. Oh wow! Yeah, I thought it was really good. I yeah, I um, it it may raise higher with the upon uh, repeat viewings. Yeah, I was going to say seven, but could go higher upon review. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Where do you land on this? I, uh, you do have a badass poster in there. We got to like it. One of my favorite teaser posters of all time is the Twelve Monkeys teaser. Man, it's great. I just I love the logo, how it all fits. Yeah. It's just on white. It's on white, ballsy, and it looks good. Like it looks like it's glowing in it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's the, a the white sexy, poster's like, nice. Yeah, it's like a nice Jurassic Park or Ghostbusters poster. Where it's just fucking clean, man. I just yeah, it, but dirty. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's nice. not just solid white. There's like some grunge in there. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it is good. Um, I like this movie a lot. I I like the style of it. I like how it's told. Before watching it on Blu-ray, I was going to say, you know, this is a ten. This is a this is a really good science fiction film. It's really well paced. I feel the mystery in it, but you know, rewatching the Blu-ray and seeing all the just stupid fucking <laughs> like composites that don't need to be fucking composites. Like, there's scenes where we're driving and pulling a car. We don't need to CGI that. See, I would you know? love to ask him, like, why did you do that? Because I feel like he did it. For some reason, some budgetary reason, probably shoot it out quicker that way. I mean, yeah, I I did not have enough time to go through and listen to the entire audio commentary, unfortunately, so I didn't get to get to that scene. So, like, like is right it just after a budgetary you paused, reason? It. <laughs> like, is it just a budgetary reason, or was it like I wanted this shot to look different? It needed a certain feel or whatever. Man, I mean, but you you watch that scene; it's just street lights. I mean. I don't know, man. You could have easily done that. It's one of those decisions that... I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking things. Like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff being done very purposefully that I don't know... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. He he seems like he's a very uh, thought-out person. Oh, no. It, dude, the uh, the making-of doc on the uh, Blu-ray is called uh, The Hamster Factory. And the reason because is uh, there's that one shot. It's not that long of a shot, but when he uh, Bruce Willis comes down from up top I think he's drawing his blood or maybe he's injecting himself with something but he's got a needle there's a wide shot that's got a a shadow of a hamster wheel uh, you know right next to Bruce Willis down in like some I don't know some 
some fucking window. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they spent all day on that fucking shot because the hamster wasn't spinning in the wheel. Wow. Just go over and... That's what, that's what money gets you, dude. I mean, now granted, Bruce Willis like waved his fee and, you know, Brad Pitt was nobody when they cast him. Right. Uh, Interview with the Vampire hadn't even come out yet. So they got him dirt cheap. Man. You get to take that time. That's what $30 million gets you. Time. I thought you were going to say they were time. so meticulous that they even storyboarded the making of. No. But the making of is, is done by the same guys that did that Lost in La Mancha that I was talking about. Oh, earlier. that's cool. So, yeah, it, it's, it's worth watching. What was your rating? I'm going to give it a nine. It, it loses a point for the terrible CGI, but everything else is, is very solid, I think. Yeah. Good work, everybody. <laughs> you guys have been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. Extra E at the end of the word crew there. At gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. You can subscribe on Apple Podcast. Spotify, Tuned In, Overcast, or wherever you listen to your lovely podcast. Benson, where can our audience follow you, sir? At J. Edward Benson. Jared, where can they follow you, good man? You can follow me on Instagram at CheckTheGate and on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. And where can they follow you, Brian? And you guys can follow me on Twitter at ElkinsEdits. All right, guys, so we're going to be closing out the show with a little bit of the soundtrack like we do every night. We're going to be playing track one from the 12 Monkeys soundtrack titled Introduction. This is from composer Paul Buckmaster. It's called Canted and Obliqued. What? God damn it. What, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> 